Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to the latest episode of Swift Bites, a weekly Sea Jurassic Right podcast series where I cover what's happening in the universe of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, dinosaur science, and more. This week, Jurassic Park sound designer Gary Rydstrom has signed on to return to the franchise. Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum make music while in between filming Dominion. And dinosaurs also got cancer. All these bites and more, hold on to your butts right now. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe and smoke-free if you live on the West Coast or I guess anywhere else they're having fires. Yeah, it's it's been a wild weekend, which is why this new story, this Swift Bites is coming a little bit late, but it's okay because there's some truly last week Samuel and Jeff Goldblum gifted us with multiple tunes, so it was worth it was worth being late so that I could hear them all. Anyway, the first story up before we get into that is iconic sound designer Gary Rydstrom is returning to the Jurassic Park franchise. And I felt like this news kind of went under the radar a little bit. It truly Gary Rydstrom for me is he's as iconic in Jurassic Park as as anybody else who worked behind the scenes. I mean, he was the man playing the Raptors you know, on a synthesizer and truly for Jurassic Park and for dinosaur and responsible for the dinosaur sounds, which are 
you know, just as as meaningful and powerful as the visual effects. I mean, those Tyrannosaurus roars, those Velociraptor, you know, uh, squeals, the Dilophosaurus hoots, the Brachiosaurus mournful cries, all of that stuff he's responsible for. And yeah, I'm so excited that he's going to be coming back along with... It's actually really interesting because I went into a really deep dive and I got this uh, I got this bit of news from uh, Jurassic Outpost from Jack De La Mare, who is super rad. He did that great interview with Shelley Johnston recently, and he's been putting together for Outpost these really amazing videos, kind of like, you know, primer pieces and stuff. And he did one on Isla Sorna, which I'm just going to go ahead and say that you should check out right now on Site B. You should go check that out. Um, but yeah, so the, the news here is that, yeah, the, this article last week where they, you know, played these, uh, soundstage access interviews with Brando Betton, but in, in like kind of in this article, it confirms that Gary Rydstrom is coming back, which I think is so interesting. And yeah, I went on a deep dive. So in Jurassic Park, he was, you know, labeled as re-recording mixer sound design. And then in Lost World, he did the same thing. He did not have any role in Jurassic Park three. He had moved on by that point. And then he's been listed as consulting sound designer for Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I thought was really cool. But so I what kind of went on like a really deep dive to see who kind of took over afterwards. And truly it was kind of the team for Dominion. It looks like kind of is almost like the best of everyone who's come before, uh, including Christopher boys who kind of took over the franchise in Jurassic park three, as well as people like Gwendolyn Yates, Whittle, Pete Horner, Al Nelson. Yeah, that team's been going strong and it's cool to have Gary back as well, too. I mean, he won the Oscar for best sound effects editing and best sound for Jurassic Park back in 94, you know, for the Oscars for 93. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just super excited about this as somebody who does sound for a living. Uh, Gary Reitstrom is an icon, fashion icon as well, too. Uh, if you watch the behind the scenes from the original Jurassic Park, he's just got this like dope Hawaiian shirt and these glasses and everything. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very, uh, it, it kind of felt like it was almost buried in this, in this outpost article, but it's the first I've heard of it. And, um, so far it's the only website that has confirmed it. So I'm hoping that there's a bigger press release or something about it soon, because to me, it's like, it's the equivalent of like having John Williams or Steven Spielberg return to the franchise, you know? And I mean, I obviously love the team that's been, you know, that took the reins from him since I think they've been doing a great job. I think having him there in any bigger capacity is like really exciting to me. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just Gary Redstrom is just one of the, one of those Kings from the original movie. And it's so cool to see that he's going to be back in some capacity. So, but come on, let's get to, Let's get to the Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum uh, duets. They since Monday, they've it's basically just Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum sitting at a piano. They don't do multiple takes or anything, and they're just playing some show tunes and things like that. So um, I'm just going to rewatch them again and then give my thoughts. Oh, man, I can't stop smiling watching them. It's I think, honestly, it's and if you you know, if you've been to. If you've been to to see Jeff Goldblum perform at at the Rockwell or anything like that, you're very familiar with kind of this style. But truly, this more than anything really makes me appreciate the kind of chemistry that 
Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum have in Jurassic Park that I don't think is appreciated enough. I was talking to somebody else about this, about like, it's not that Alan Grant and, and Ian Malcolm don't like each other in Jurassic Park, but there's this kind of playful dance of, you know, Alan Grant sort of, um, you know, being suspicious of Malcolm and Malcolm not really... Uh, Malcolm kind of underestimating Grant. And I think that there's like this dance of respect happening throughout the film. But I think ultimately they come to truly, truly respect each other. And I don't know, there's something about them together like this that just kind of like when, you know, Laura, when Laura Dern posted the action figure or the chairs, things like that, Sam Neill posting the hat, them posting this stuff. It's like, oh, wow, this is really happening. We're really getting those three characters back together again and yeah it's just delightful yeah i don't know what do you guys think i hope you're listening to this stuff it's 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 really cheering me up uh these days and yeah it's very nice so it's not really a new story but i thought it was worth talking about because yeah it's just it's just nice you know and sometimes we need nice things (laughs) oh god but what's not nice is that dinosaurs suffer from cancer too Um, What a segue. (laughs) Uh, A bone containing signs of cancer is the first of its kind found in the fossil record. So this article in Smithsonian comes from Riley Black, who I'm going to be having on the Back to School series very soon. I'm super excited. She's an icon in the dinosaur world. So I'm I'm, my conversation with her. She uh, was so fun just to nerd out with dinosaurs and to learn. And yeah, she this is one of her latest articles. This one's uh, a couple a couple weeks old, but I thought it would be appropriate since the first back to school series episode with Yara Haridi, she studies uh, diseases and bones and stuff. So this article from the Smithsonian Riley says, in most cases, paleontologists are at least 66 million years too late to give dinosaurs medical exams. The living animals perished long, long ago, but every now and then fossil hunters uncover a bone with signs of injury or disease, what experts call pathologies. And so, again, Yara is a paleopathologist. And in the case of a particular bone found in the roughly 75-million-year-old rock of Alberta, a a medical examination has revealed that dinosaurs suffered from cancer that affects humans today. A multidisciplinary team led by a paleontologist and a pathologist studied the bone inside and out, examining everything from the outside shape to the inner microscopic structure. In the end, the experts arrived at a diagnosis of osteo... osteo... Osteocoma, a malignant bone cancer that afflicts 3.4 out of every million people worldwide. The team's new study, published today in The Lancet, provides the most detailed evidence yet for cancer in a dinosaur. Discovering osteocoma in a dinosaur has implications for the evolutionary origins and history of cancer. If humans and dinosaurs get the same kinds of bone cancer, says George Washington University paleontologist Catherine Forrester, then bone cancers developed deep in evolutionary history before the mammal and reptile lineages split 300 million years ago. The pivotal bone wasn't an isolated find, but part of an enormous bone bed containing the remains of dozens upon dozens of horned dinosaur Centrosaurus. Nice. I l- Centrosaurus. Underrated Ceratopsian, personally. A huge herd of these horned dinosaurs perished together, probably in a flash flood that ripped along the ancient coast. The Royal Tyrell Museum of Paleontology excavated the site in 1989, and among their finds was a fibula, or lower leg bone that looked strange. The bone showed some kind of injury, perhaps a healed fracture, and was filed away in the museum's collections. 
Years later, Royal Ontario Museum paleontologist David Evans happened to meet McMaster University pathology specialist Mark Crother at a social event. The two got to talking about bone cancer and dinosaurs, and Evans recalls, I said that our best shot to find dino cancer was to go to the Royal Tyrell Museum collections and search to their large holdings of pathological dinosaur bones. So Evans and Crowther's search paid off. The researchers poured over the collections with other experts in both dinosaurs and disease. The team surveyed hundreds of fossils and rediscovered the centrosaurus bone. The injury to the bone didn't look like a break. It looked like a good candidate for Cretaceous cancer. Experts in musculoskeletal oncology and human pathology examined the bone in detail from its outer physical appearance to its inner structure using a high-resolution X-ray CT scan and confirmed a diagnosis of osteo osteocoma. Other paleontologists have found cancer in dinosaur bones before, but Evans notes that this is the first time a malignant cancer has been confirmed through multiple lines of evidence. The images in the new study appear to represent a tumor, said Montana State University paleopathologist Evan Wolf. But he adds, I would like to see comparison to animals more closely related to dinosaurs. Living dinosaurs, birds, will be key to further testing and conclusion in identifying other cases. Osteocoma has been found in birds from robins to pelicans, Wolf points out, and these avian comparison points may help refine our understanding of how osteocoma has affected dinosaurs through time. When paleontologists see little blips and bumps on dinosaur bones, we often just assume it must have been from a traumatic injury, says Andrew Fark of the Raymond M. Alf Museum of Paleontology. By contrast, Fark says, the new research provides a high level of evidence for the cancer diagnosis and offers a reminder to paleontologists to check their assumptions about paleopathologies. So, yeah, the article continues, you know, that this is bad news for the Centrosaurus, and I'll provide a link to it, um, obviously, in the show notes, as I always do. But again, Riley, why I love her writing so much, it's, you know, the point is that dinosaurs were real and stuff like this just paints a more full portrait of how these creatures lived and, you know, died and suffered and survived and all that and all that stuff. So um, it's a really great article. Again, I'll provide a link in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So I can't believe it, but Camp Creta- Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous comes out next Friday. It's wild. I did not think we'd get here so soon, but let me know. Uh, here's my plan for it. So. If you don't know Camp Cretaceous, it's the Netflix animated series that, let me, I busted out the old synopsis, set against the timeline of the blockbuster film Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous follows a group of six teenagers trapped at a new adventure camp on the opposite side of Isla Nublar. When the events of the film unfold and dinosaurs are unleashed across the island, each kid realizes their very survival rests on the shoulders of themselves and their fellow campers. Unable to reach the outside world, our 16s will go from strangers to friends to family as they band together to survive the dinosaurs and uncover hidden secrets so deep they threaten the world itself. So, it's eight episodes, season one. I think it's pretty obvious now from... There was this other interview with the show creators actually this week. Um, you know, it, it, it very much looks like we're going to get an, a second season at least... But I'm super excited for this first season. We, I feel like, I mean, truly, there's been, and if you uh, check out, uh, you know, I'll post a link to the Jurassic Outpost articles about all the various Jurassic Park animated shows that have, the, you know, that they've been trying to make over the years since the early 90s. I mean, truly, there was going to be a, a Jurassic Park animated show back in like 94, but for whatever reason, they just never happened. So 
the idea that we're finally getting an animated show is like a dream come true. So I'm super excited. It premieres the 18th. So basically at midnight for West Coast is when the eight episodes drop. I don't know how long they are. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but I'm going to stay up and watch it. Let me know if you're going to stay up and watch it. We can all kind of watch it together. That would be fun. But yeah, I think what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to watch them and then I'm going to post probably a non-spoiler sort of first reactions and then a spoiler reactions kind of questions, things like that. And then maybe I'll get some questions from everyone, get some talking points, and then we can kind of regroup in a few days or after the weekend and go more in depth. And I don't know if I'm going to do an episode by episode breakdown or anything like that, but I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff to, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's, this will be my first time binging a Netflix show at midnight. I mean, so many Netflix shows drop and then I know so many friends of mine, so many colleagues that will like stay up at midnight and they'll do it for hour long shows, you know, stuff like that. So this is going to be my first attempt at binging a Netflix show. Wish me luck, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, let me know what you're doing. Are you going to binge? Are you going to wait till over the weekend? Are you going to parse it out? Um, I'm excited to hear everyone's thoughts. So um, that's pretty much it for this episode. So, I mean, I say it's a quickie, but they're all about this length. So, um, but I wanted to mention again, I was on the Dress Scout post with Jack and Ryan. We were talking Dominion spoilers and leaks. Again, I try not to talk about leaks as much on here. So if you want to hear me get into the nitty gritty of spoiler, you know, spoilers and leaks and things like that, you, I'll put a link over there. Check out Jack's Easel Sorna primer video. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well, too. On Friday, I put out a new Sea Westworld Right episode with Polly Katowski from Murder Squad. I, I actually recorded that right after season three ended. Um, but as we get, you know, as the Emmys come up and Westworld is nominated for, I think, 11 awards, I thought it'd be good to, to, to think about Westworld again. And I actually recorded an episode with Jurassic Outpost and Chaos Theorem's Samantha Indris, aka Samantha Joe. Um, which is going to come out next Friday as well, too. So lots, lots of see Jurassic right content coming up in your feed, as well as the back to school series. I really hope all of you liked the Yara Haridi episode. I'm super excited for Monday's episode with paleobotanist Aviwe Matawane. She was such a blast to talk to. She was my first interview for this series. I was kind of nervous, but she's so sweet and funny. And I learned a lot about plants and I hope you will enjoy learning about plants as well, too, because paleobotanists are cool as hell and yeah she's cool as hell so uh yeah i hope everyone is doing all right thank you for listening and hey sam and jeff play me off this apropos to our reunion thanks everyone see you soon yeah i, I remember, remember you yeah you're the one who that made, made my dreams come true my dreams come true a few, few. Kisses ago. Yeah, I remember that, Sam. Yeah, me too. I remember, I remember you. you. Wait a minute. You're, You're the, the one, one who said, said, I love you too. I love you too. You said that. I do. Didn't you know? Didn't you know that? You remember? Wait a minute, bro. I remember too yeah. a distant bell. That distant bell. And, and stars that fell. Like rain out of the blue. Remember all those stars? When my life is through. Oh, yeah, baby, sing it. 
And the angels ask me to recall To recall the thrill, the thrill of it all Of it all I'm gonna tell them I shall tell them I, I remember, remember Sam Neill Tell them I, I remember Jeff Goldman Tell them I remember you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.